Hello, and welcome to the Embassy City Podcast. Today's message is from our sixth anniversary Celebration Sunday, and it starts our new message series, Party. Thanks for joining us today. Now here's Pastor Tim. Love you guys. Y'all all right? Now listen, uh, can we just give Todd Delaney and his worship team, his band? Listen. 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 Oh my God. Yo. <laughs> Listen. Todd Delaney is one of my favorite worship artists, and uh, we, he was actually scheduled to be with us last year. Um, but Corona, dumb Corona, hit. And so what I was grateful for is that a year later, he kept the commitment. That he didn't go, oh, well, sorry, I can't come. I'm looking for something else. That he still came. And, and, and his wife is like eight and a half, close to nine months pregnant, could have the baby any day. He jumped on the plane by faith to be here, hoping that her <laughs> water didn't break. <laughs> uh, but he made it, and I'm so grateful he did because that worship was just absolutely amazing. Uh, uh, I would apologize for the volume, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I mean, it's our sixth anniversary. We having a party and we turn up on party day. I don't know how you listen to your music in your car, but my car. And then let me just say at the end, just all of those hymns he started to sing were reaching so deep into my spiritual roots. I mean, even when... Uh, I wasn't saved. I wasn't committed to the Lord. These are songs that my parents sang uh, in the house growing up at church on Sundays. And it was just good to hear those songs coming back. So um, I'm grateful for six years. I'm grateful for six years. So um, I, I have I have a testimony to share. I know we 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 finished the giving series last week. Uh, but this testimony is just spectacular. Uh, so we wrapped up the series on giving last week, and uh, I got uh, a message that was sent uh, through, I think, Instagram or something. Uh, my team uh, got it to me, and I just want to read you uh, what the young lady said. She said, I've been attending uh, Embassy for nine months, been following uh, the series on tithing, Uh, Her mom is a single parent with three kids. They've always been faithful to tithe, but the last few months, uh, it's been very, very difficult for them. The roof needed repair, uh, the car breaking down, the ceiling in the bedroom was collapsing now. Uh, It's one thing when somebody sends you something, they tell you what's going on. It's another thing when they send you pictures. Do we have a picture of that ceiling? That was the hole in her ceiling. She said it was difficult to praise God and tithe with a literal hole over my head. Last week, she decided not to tithe and then heard the sermon <laughs> and, and about uh, the, um, the rich young ruler, the part about the rich young ruler. And she literally said, that was enough for me to be like, no, let me go ahead and give this tithe anyway. That was on Sunday. She said on Tuesday... She got a $10,000 check from the U.S. Treasury that would literally cover every bill that they were going through. 
Now, there's probably some logical people in here that was, that, that's like, oh, that's, that's sweet. But that check was coming anyway. But how she felt about that check was completely impacted by her obedience. Um, I heard a story years and years ago uh, of a person in California who was in the same type of situation. Uh, they, were, they were struggling financially. They let out, laid out all their bills on the floor. This, this wasn't an irresponsible person. They just had hit very hard times. And they were crying out to the Lord around 9.30 in the morning, God, would you please, I need, I need help. If, if you don't come through on this, I'm working as much as I can. I've, I've stewarded the money. But if you don't come through, I'm, I'm about to be out of everything. At 9.30 a.m. in Southern California, okay, L.A. area. At 10.15, someone knocked on their door. And when they opened the door, it was their friend from San Francisco, California. San Francisco to, to Southern Cal, it's an eight-hour drive. They started praying at 9.30. At 10.15, their friend knocked on the door, and they said, the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me sleep last night. And he told me to write a check and get in the car and drive to your house and give it to you. Now, I, I want you to think, it doesn't take 45 minutes to get from San Francisco to L.A. But what the person praying didn't know is that while they were speaking to God, their blessing was already on the way. So I don't know who needs to be encouraged by that today. But I just need somebody to know that whatever you're believing God for, it's already on the way. So you might as well praise him like it's already done. Because it's already on the way. All right. All right. So uh, uh, we, we are going to be in a series uh, the next couple of weeks, two or three weeks, uh, and it's just simply called uh, Let's Party, okay? It's just called Let's Party. I just thought this is the, this is the perfect opportunity uh, to throw a party. It's our sixth anniversary, but I want to talk to you about why parties are so important to us. And so um, let's party. Now, the reason why there's an E and not a Y, I'll explain that later. But we spell party with an E around here, and I'm going to tell you why in a little bit. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open them to Ephesians chapter number four. I'm going to read uh, the Bible. For all the visitors that are in the room, I'm so grateful that you're here today. I teach from the Bible. I start in the Bible. I teach from the Bible. I end in the Bible. We go home. Except today, we're going straight to that parking lot. And don't nobody get to that grilled cheese truck before me, because I'm about to light that thing up. I am so excited about all the stuff we're doing uh, after this. Uh, but I want to read you some scriptures. I'm going to read 16 verses in this, in this uh, chapter. And I want to give you some context to it as we go. Is that all right? So I won't read straight through and go back. I, I, as I read, I'll stop in some places. But then when I land on 16, that's where I want to get to uh, for what I believe God is doing for Embassy City uh, in this season. Here's what Paul says. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by 
God. Always be humble and gentle. That's enough sermon right there. Be patient with each other. That's another sermon right there. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Can I just stop? If we just did that right there, your Facebook post would clear up. Your whole timeline would be so happy if you made allowances for other people's faults instead of dropping into that comment section to reinforce how faulty they are. Don't you got something better to do? Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Let me tell you why this verse was so important, because uh, the Gentiles uh, had just been uh, granted access uh, to worship Yeshua, Jesus, in the same way the Jews had been doing, because it was through Jesus's broken body on the cross that he took both Jew and Gentile and in his own broken body on the cross made a new group of people. Now, let me tell you why that's so important. Because we can break every racial division that exists in this country if we would simply remember what Jesus' body was broken to do. It was broken to to repair and unite the biggest division there had ever been in human history, which is not black and white. The biggest division in human history was Jew-Gentile. Because from Genesis chapter number 6, when Abram was called out of the nations, God established a covenant with Abram that would not include the rest of the world until Jesus shed blood on the cross. So the next time you see somebody that has any racial anything on the inside of them, any prejudice thing on the inside of them, let them know. You know Jesus did something about this, right? You know you don't have to act like that no more. (laughs) Ain't that that good news? Instead of getting mad at them and, you a racist. Ah! Can't stand you! Just give them the good news. Hey, you don't have to be a hater no more. Jesus died and all that blood covered up all this skin. So you looking at white, black and all this stuff and all he saw was red. So we're free of this. Can we go eat lunch now? You bring fried chicken, you bring potato salad. (laughs) Trying to help some folks right now. Because the church is so divided over this as if Jesus wasn't the solution. I'm just trying to make it plain. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all, in all, and living through all. However... He has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Each one of us have a special gift. Repeat after me. I have a special gift given to me by Christ. Say it again a little bit louder and own it. I have a special gift given to me by Christ. Christ. 
One more time with a real attitude, loosen up that neck. I have been given a special gift given to me by Christ. I'm glad everybody said it because everybody has it. He didn't, do, he didn't go duck, duck, goose. He didn't go, you look like you need one. You look like, I don't like the way you, I don't like that shirt. You don't get one. I don't like the denomination you came from. You don't get one. You don't pray long enough. You don't get one. He gave everybody one, okay? That is why the scriptures say, woo, the preacher in me. I got a mic in my hand too. Uh, pray, pray for me. I don't know how this going to turn out. Uh, uh, that is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives <laughs> and gave gifts to his people. Now, a lot of people interpret this particular verse to mean uh, uh, his victory over the enemy. Uh, but uh, other theologians interpret this gift to mean that when he ascended to the heights, when he rose from the dead, he took people that were never checking for him. He took people that were in their sins, notorious in their sins, and made them believers in him. He made those that were captives a crowd that followed him, and he gave them gifts. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Woo! Listen, that right there, I don't have time for that one. That, that, that he would ascend to, to fill the entire universe with himself. Not him and some other stuff. Not, not him and some other ideologies. The entire universe is filled up with the word. Marvel Universe ain't big enough. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy don't have a universe by which he wouldn't be in. The whole universe is filled with him. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility, and please, make sure this stays up for a minute, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So I'm going to land right there just for a minute. Christ gave gifts to the church. The Holy Spirit gave gifts to the church as well. You can find those gifts lifted in, uh, listed in Romans and 1 Corinthians. But Christ also gave gifts to the church. And his gifts to the church were apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Say it with me. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Again, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. One more again. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He gave five gifts to the church. For what? Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Now, let me say this. The reason why you could never hear me preach 52 weekends in a row is because you would not be built up and well-rounded. You would not grow the way you're supposed to grow if I'm the only voice you hear. If you've ever been in the church and the pastor was there every weekend, he wasn't faithful, he was disobedient. Ooh, that was strong. I didn't mean for it to. I didn't, I didn't mean to come for your past like that, but it's the truth. 
I'm faithful. I'm going to be here every Sunday. I take my vacation Monday through Saturday, and I'm back in the pulpit on Sunday because I'm faithful. No, you're disobedient. Because the church would never be well-rounded if they only hear from you. The church would never be well-rounded if you only hear from me. This is why, this is why I'm so glad y'all grew up over the three months over the summer and didn't make coming to church about my voice. You made it about his voice. And even though I know you love me because I love you, and when I'm not here, I miss you too. But when I'm off, you're not off. You didn't preach nine weeks in a row. You ain't off. You didn't do nothing. <laughs> Is he here? No. No. You have to grow up. Because the perfecting of the church is by apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers, none of which any man or woman has ever been all. If, everybody, if anybody ever hands you a business card <laughs> and they start with some foolishness, some foolishness like, you know what, I function in all the fivefold. You do everything? Like, you do all of at the same time, you apostle and prophet and evangelist and pastor and teacher all at the same time? You can't do it. So we, 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 we understand how we get well-rounded is because we hear from these voices that shape us in different parts of our spiritual walk. This will continue until all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then, thank you, we will no longer be immature like children. Paul's saying it right here. If you lay this out, if y'all will get over your petty squabbles, if you will unify and really embrace the five-fold ministry, you will actually grow up. You won't be kids anymore. You'll be able to handle what's going on in, in culture right now because you won't be immature anymore. You will no longer be bemoaning all the things that are going around you because you will have an anchor so strong and deep in you that whatever you see, you'll be able to contextualize it to what Scripture has already said. We won't be tossed and blown about with every wind of new teaching. When you become mature, you will not follow every new teaching. You will know that what the Bible says has not changed since it was written. And when somebody tries to jazz it up, I'm going to flambe this scripture. I'm going to add a little something. Y'all have never heard this before. If we've never heard it, it's, it's not true. Book ain't changed. Culture changes. Method changes. Message has not changed. It just hasn't changed. My, my, my mother uh, has a saying, a wise saying, being uh, the, the, the Birmingham, Alabama woman she is. She always told me from a young age, she said, baby, when it comes to the Bible, if it's new, it ain't true. <laughs> and if it's true, it ain't new. I just finished uh, uh, preaching a message at uh, Transformation Church a couple of weeks ago on sexuality. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful for all the people that have watched it, but then there's all these people arguing like, is this even like relevant for right now? 
The Bible ain't changed. Everybody's sexuality is changing. The Bible ain't changed. You can feel whatever you want to feel. That Bible has never took it, taken a poll on your feelings to make sure you were still cool with this. It says what it says. And if you're anchored as a disciple in Jesus Christ, you won't be offended by what it says. You'll know that whatever is there is to protect you. Not to hurt you, not to harm you. It's there to protect you. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. <laughs> oh, boy. Happy anniversary. You'll see, you'll see, uh, we planted this church six years ago, and I'm, I'm grateful uh, for our journey. And uh, I have friends that have planted churches teaching the truth, and, and I'm grateful for their journeys. Uh, there, there's, uh, go back to that verse real quick. The, the, what's interesting about this verse is that uh, when you become mature as a believer, you won't be influenced when people try to trick us with lies. Now, they, it wouldn't say you wouldn't be influenced by people that try to trick you if it wasn't dealing with people in the body of Christ. Paul wouldn't even bring it up. He said, but there's going to be some people bearing the name of Jesus who become so influential that they would try to trick you with a lie so clever it sounds like the truth, which is why I read so much scripture. Because what I would love you all to do is to turn into Bereans. This is, this is a group of people that Paul went to go preach to that everything uh, Paul preached, they didn't say amen until the next weekend. <laughs> Paul would preach a sermon, they'd just be like this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he preached, ha, huh, ha, huh, Jesus, the Messiah, Yeshua, our promised one. They're like, mm-hmm. And the scripture's saying Isaiah, and the scripture's saying this, and the scripture's saying that, and they're writing them all down. And then as soon as the synagogue was over, they go home and search everything he said to see if it was true. And the next weekend, Paul comes back out to preach, and before he can open his mouth, they're like, amen! <laughs> oh, Jesus, what you saying amen for? What you said last week? Y'all didn't say nothing. I thought y'all hated the message. Nah, we just had to check. What would happen if we checked? That, that we just didn't get enamored by the charisma and we just didn't get enamored by the, 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 the wise words, but we actually went back and checked. Is that even in the Bible? Does it even say that? I just want to make sure. You're a really nice person. I just don't know. I never heard that before. I just want to check. I'm going to say amen. It's going to be delayed. <laughs> I just want to check first. Okay? Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. All that to get to this. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other 
parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Two points to this message. Please write them down. Point number one, got to have this. You are a part of this special work. The reason why we call our parties here parties with an E is because we want everybody to play a part in what Embassy City has been assigned to do. And our assignment is very, very simple. We have been called to upset the world with the message, love, and hope of Jesus Christ. And to that end, everything that we do on a daily basis is to turn somebody's world upside down or from kingdom's perspective, right side up, so that they can see exactly what Jesus' message, his hope, and his love is all about. I'm going to read that part again. He makes the whole body fit perfectly together as each part does its own special work. Remember I said everybody has a part to play? And you have a special thing that God has called you to do. And when you activate that in the house of worship, everything gets better. I, uh, last weekend, we, we, again, finished the, the giving series, and uh, this was the other testimony that I wanted to share, but it fit uh, more into the sermon than, than talking about it up front. I had a friend call me after the service. Remember I read uh, Exodus chapter number 35, and I talked about Aholiab and Bezalel, those two dope names. I don't know why there's no Aholiabs right now. There should be like an Aholiab Smith a Bezalel Washington, I just think they're, that, those are some good names. So if you're starting a family, I'm just saying, two names. I think a holy app would be great. Um, my friend called me and they said, hey, I need to talk to you about your stupid sermon. Don't get mad, this is my friend. I like y'all, y'all, y'all defensive. Y'all like, okay, who, what's the name? Where do they live? Okay, no. No. The reason why they said that is because the Holy Spirit started convicting them as they were listening to the message. And they said, listen, you already know where I am uh, financially. Uh, there's no extravagant giving going on around here. Uh, they said, but uh, when you started talking about the gifts of those craftsmen, and I said, a holy ab and Bezalel? I got hyped. A, ho- a holy ab and Bezalel got to you? They said, yeah, and... Um, uh, I, I feel the Lord's put it on my heart for, for, for many months, but when you, when you, oh, it's this sermon, ooh, this sermon got to me, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and, and I just want to submit that any, I, I want to share my gifts with you any way that I can, and you just tell me where, where it needs to fit. Here's what I feel I like can offer. You tell me where it fits, and I'm, I just say yes. I, I'm ready to share this gift, and, and, and here's what, what's happening. First of all, uh, this individual was ahead of my message today. But they were ready to play a part. They, they said, I have a special gift, and I know that our community won't be everything it's supposed to be unless my special gift gets put to the special work that is Embassy City Church. And let me tell you, every single one of you that call Embassy City home have a part to play. We don't all play the same part, but the parts that we play blesses 
the church. We got people that work here full time, but the majority of the help that we get are people that are just saying, I just want to use my gift here. You need me to open the door, I'll open the door. You need me to straighten some chairs, I'll straighten some chairs. You need me to, 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 to cook some food, I'll cook some food. You need, me to, you need me to stack up the chairs, I'll stack up the chair. Oh, you need help with the sixth anniversary, I got you. You need me to stand at the door and make sure nobody comes through here, I got whatever you need me to do. I'm ready to play my part. This brings me to the second thing I want you to write down. Your part helps other parts grow. What you do helps somebody else grow. What they do helps you grow. What we do helps them grow. Because your part helps other parts grow. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. Do y'all see how I be doing, y'all? I will give you a point. And then the point is just what I read. So anti-comatic. It helps the other parts grow. Why? So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. There's no way that I could do everything in this church and the church grow. Have you ever been, anybody in here, by show of hands, you have a favorite restaurant? You have a favorite restaurant. Like, by default, if they say, where you want to eat, you like, there. Okay? All right. Favorite restaurant. Do you have a favorite dish at that restaurant? Okay? Yell out the dish. What is it? Alfredo? Lobster tail? Gumbo? Huh? Nachos? Girl, they must be popping. Get out the bed, get dressed. Where are we going? Nachos! I love it, girl. I love it. Make sure I get the name of that place. Those must be popping. She said that with pride. Nachos. I could have them five days a week, sir. Them nachos are popping. Okay. At the restaurant that you go to that you frequent the most, that you love, by a show of hands, all the people that raise their hand, you have a favorite restaurant, you have a favorite dish. How many people have met the chef? How many people met the chef that served you actual food, okay? So we had a bunch of hands that were raised. I see five hands that actually met their chef. As good as that lobster tail is, as good as those nachos are, you don't want your chef at the hosting table. Welcome. So glad you came. It's the nachos, right? I'll get right on it. Welcome. Oh, you want the lobster tail? Can't, I, I was waiting for you through the door. I can't wait. I'll go cook it right now. If the executive chef is at the front of the house, you're going, it's going to take two hours for you to get your food. So there's a hostess there that says, welcome. And you, you probably get to know some of the hostesses. And then you sit down and you get to know some of the waiters and the waitresses. Very rarely, by a show of hands, we only had five in here, very rarely do you actually meet the person that actually cooked the food. But that's your, that's your, them nachos, you come for the nachos. But you didn't actually come to see the guy that made the nachos. 
You didn't actually get out of bed and say, I have to go see Sarah. Where's Sarah at? Sarah's at my favorite restaurant, and then beignets are popping. Got to go get them. No, you, you, you want the food. B- because if they play their part correctly, you get exactly what you wanted when you came. It's not that the executive chef wants to be, you know, standoffish. It's just that there's an assignment that he has. And if he does his assignment, then the whole restaurant flows. It's the same way in the church. There's no way I could do everything. I, I need my pastor to be at the front and, and, and say hi to everybody before I leave. I feel better if that's the case. Well, I, I'll be dead. <laughs> I can do it for a little bit, and then I'll die. And here's what I know about humans. We know how to move on. So you'll be like, oh, God, he died. (gasps) Why? When's the next pastor coming? (laughs) That uncomfortable laugh is because you know I'm telling the truth. You're like, it's not like that, but it is. So write this down. We want Embassy City to be healthy, growing, and full of love. That's our assignment. There's no hype behind this. This is not no six year, are y'all ready to take over the world? (laughs) You've been in churches like that? Every weekend is about to be the best weekend ever. You don't want to miss Sunday, it's going to be epic. (laughs) You don't want to miss the next series, it's going to be amazing. Are we, are we, what's, uh, what's going to change? Are y'all, are we going to, is it the same worship team? Yeah. Are you teaching next week? Yeah. But it's going to be epic. Sundays are not supposed to be epic. They're supposed to be mundane. You, you, you don't go to get that lobster bisque because there's fireworks outside in the spotlight. And when you walked in, they were like, yeah, she's here. She's really here. Lobster tail's gonna be epic. Does that happen? No. Why? That's unsustainable. What you re- the reason why you keep going back for lobster tails is because they're consistent. Every time I come, the lobster tails taste the same way. So I can evangelize to all my friends that like lobster as well and let them know you got to come get this lobster tail because it is so good. Now, where you would uh, start to find some hesitancy inviting people to this favorite restaurant of yours is if you walked in one day and they were like, it's epic today. You're like, oh, so I brought three of my friends. Are we going to have lobster tails? No, God's doing a new thing. We ripped that menu up. We know that's why you fell in love with us, but now we've changed because we're epic. Chimichangas is all we have this week. I'm sorry. We came for the lobster tail, but God's shifting and it's epic. Chimichangas is what he said in my prayer time. That's what you'll get. 
No, that's not. Church is supposed to be what I call the beauty of the mundane. You come in, you get in God's presence, you hear his word, you grow, you go. You come back, you get in his presence again, he starts shaping you up a little bit more. You get some word, you go, you grow. You come in, you get some more word, you start to change a little bit. There's a a young lady at this church whom I love dearly. Uh, She came a couple of years ago and she was like, I had never been in church. And she said, it's my first week. I haven't been in church in a while. She came back the next day. She said, I'm on a two-week streak. Next week, she came back. She said, I'm on a three-week streak. I ain't ever come been to church, no, three weeks in a row. Woo, I'm on a streak. And it wasn't because the services were epic. God's doing a new thing every weekend. Come see. She just kept coming in, getting worship, word, and fellowship. And that streak went from three weeks to four weeks to five weeks to six weeks to seven weeks to eight weeks. And then I didn't see her no more. I'm like, oh, the streak broke. We'll start a new one whenever I see her again. And the next time I saw her was like after like maybe six or seven weeks. And she had on an Embassy City shirt. I said, where you been? She said, upstairs serving with the kids. Oh, my bad. (laughs) She found her purpose and she started playing a part. That's it. She kept coming until she found her purpose. And when she found her purpose, she started playing her part. Now, let me tell you why we do everything we do. It's according to 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. I'll read you this and then we're going to go. I'll pray over the food we're about to eat and we're going to go outside and have a party. I bet you I don't have the sweater on though because Satan's outside. (laughs) I have given y'all enough. I've given all the visitors enough composite to know if you ever want to come back to this church. Y'all have wrote notes like, nah, I'm good. I don't like this guy. Um, If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything to have, if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. I wish there was a parenthesis there to say it's not petty. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every 
circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless. And let me just pause and just say this. A lot of cessationists uh, people, if you don't know what cessationists mean, they believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit stopped working back there when Paul was writing this. It says that prophecy and, and, and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless. It didn't say it became useless. It said at some point it will become useless. Not yet, though. But love will last forever. And uh... <laughs> I could not resist that. Now, our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, speaks to maturity again. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put my box of toys away. Put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely just as God now knows me completely. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. So let's have a party. And let's play our part out of the love that we have for one another. Embassy City, it has been and continues to be my greatest blessing. Outside of giving my life to Jesus, Juliet, Nathan, and Noah, my greatest blessing is loving on you. I'm grateful to play my part. And now I'm asking you to play yours. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message? My hope and my prayer is that you could hear God speaking about how important and valuable you are to what God is doing here at Embassy City Church. For those of you all that may have just been visiting and you have a home church, I want you to be able to go back home to, to your home church and play the part that God's told you to play there. If you, if you haven't been released from that church, go straight back to that church and tell them that you are ready to play your part with the special gift that you've been given so that we can see the world turned upside down with the message, love, and hope of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, I thank you for everything that you are doing in and through this group of believers. I pray in Jesus' name that you would take every word that was spoken and all the worship that was offered and that we would have a party on your behalf. Thank you for six years. Thank you for six more. Six more after that. 
six more after that until you're done with everything you've called us to do. May it all be for your glory, none of our credit. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys so much. Thanks for listening today. We wanted to take a moment and let you know that there is new Embassy City Apparel available in our online store. Some items are limited time only, so check out embassycity.com forward slash shop and find a fun way to rep your church. Also, this Wednesday, Unpacked is back. Season 2 premieres Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central on YouTube Live and Facebook Live. Mark your calendars, invite a friend. It's something you don't want to miss. Thanks for listening today. If this message spoke to you in any way, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. We would like to connect with you. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit embassycity.com. You can watch live on Sundays and view past messages on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Church. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Embassy Urban. If you'd like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at embassycity.com or text embassycity, all one word, to 77977. We pray you have a great week. Thanks for listening today.